I'm Michael Foster, and you're listening to It's Good to Be a Man, the podcast where we are extending God's house and father rule by helping men to establish their own houses in strength, workmanship, and wisdom. In today's mini-sode, I am going to continue our series on finding a good wife by avoiding candidates uh, that make bad wives. Uh, In other words, there are attributes out there that we can look for that can help you vet out or filter out women that would make a very bad helpmate. So today I want to shift from looking at the externals, uh, immodest dress, attire, that stuff, to considering her attitude, what's internal. There's a sort of corruption of a woman's physical beauty that takes the form of uh, immodest dress, making her ugly. And then there's the same thing happens to a woman's spirit, right? There's such thing as an ugly spirit, and we refer to that ugly spirit as a loud woman. J.C. Ryle, uh, who I really love, matter of fact, my third son, wait, no, my fourth son's middle name is Ryle after J.C. Ryle. I highly recommend you read him. His book, Thoughts for Young Men, is, it's a little, you can find it online free or get it in a, like almost like a booklet version online. I highly recommend that all you guys read it. And if your fathers read it with your boys, uh, he says, it is only too true that thoughts Thoughtlessly entering into marriage is one of the most fertile causes of unhappiness, and too often it may be feared of sin. And a chorus of hen-pecked, wore-out husbands and divorced men say, Amen. Marriage is absolutely full of risk, and it shouldn't be entered into lightly. And many men are the victims of ungodly women. This is what scripture says. Proverbs 7.26. Listen, Solomon says, numerous are all her slain. Numerous. Most warnings about immoral women are written off as the babble of bitter men. And to be sure, there are a lot of bitter men out there that they made all sorts of terrible decisions and they were weak leaders and they have all sorts of compromises and sins that hardened the wife that they were married to. But scripture is the words of the Holy Spirit. And it says there are women out there that destroy men. Numerous are all her slain. So we do well to heed its warning. Now, there are many who think the risk of marriage outweighs the benefits. I don't belong to that group. But I I know, I get how men come to that conclusion. It's difficult to find a woman who hasn't been brainwashed by feministic nonsense. It's difficult to find a man who hasn't. We've all been uh, affected by it, but we see it uh, in technocolor with women these days. We see family law is clearly biased against men in despicable ways. And worse yet, many churches allow and even recommend divorce on unbiblical grounds. That, uh, That abandonment clause... I know some of y'all don't believe in it, but even those of us that believe in it, we we are scandalized by how it's abused to allow women to leave the husband of their youth. And that sort of environment does definitely discourage marriage. So we get it. There is a level of sympathy that we have for those that fall into the sort of MGTOW, men going their own way, the anti-marriage crowd. 
But marriage is the normative state for most people. It's a creation ordinance. It's God's design. It's good. Satan, uh, the culture, they can't destroy marriage. They can try to. They can make the environment difficult. But this is something God's made and built it into the fabric of the cosmos, into the world. And according to Christ, according to Jesus, lifelong singleness is exceptional. Matthew 19, 11 through 12. The norm is a life of marriage, sex, and children. And this should be pursued, but as Ryle cautioned, not thoughtlessly. You should pursue it very cautiously. The dangers of a bad marriage can be greatly mitigated by understanding the purpose of marriage and finding a wife who would join you in the pursuit of that purpose. In the previous episode of this series, I focused on how to filter out bad candidates for a wife by looking for modesty. And I want to continue to consider the attributes of a bad woman, but I'll circle back around also to the purpose of marriage. So let's do a real quick review. Ungodly women advertise their sexual availability through their clothing. They want you to see them. They use it like a lure to draw in as Proverbs 7, 7 says, young men lacking sense. So if you're getting taken in by a scantily clad woman, Scripture says you lack sense. Now think of an angler fish's uh, glowing lure. Uh, it bedazzles for the purpose of consumption. Such is the purpose of a woman who dresses like a harlot. She is on the prowl. So ungodly attire should function as a sort of uh, aposematism, you know, where where animals are brightly colored to advertise that they're dangerous. Think of brightly colored snakes and frogs and bugs. If they're bright color, uh, it's probably they're probably poisonous, or they at least want you to think they're poisonous. So they're they're beautiful to look at. Those little Amazon poison dart frogs. Those things are cool, but don't touch them. They're deadly to touch. Thus, the wise man carefully avoids scantily clad ladies. That means on his computer, it means in real life, it means on uh, Instagram, all that stuff. He avoids them. But the problem is not all predators are easily spotted. Many are experts at hiding or using camouflage. And such is the case with many other immoral women. They don't dress provocatively. And at first glance, they, they look like a modest woman. They look like a good Christian woman. I, I always hear these guys on Twitter tell me, uh, like, like it's going to shock me. Oh, my wife was a good church-going woman, and she didn't dress immodest, and she turned out to be terrible. Well, yeah, that's because externals don't always directly connect to internals. They, they, there's a connection, but they, they don't, they're not a direct reflection is probably what I should say. So it doesn't surprise me that there's women that have modest dress, but it's actually quite the opposite of their character. Their modest dress is, is a cloak, which brings us to what I would consider the clearest and most important indicator that a woman is a bad candidate for a wife. She's loud. She's a loud woman. Proverbs 7.11 says she is loud and stubborn. Her feet do not stay at home. This is a woman you must avoid. She will absolutely destroy you. A loud woman is not necessarily one who speaks with too much volume. The Hebrew word can also be translated as boisterous 
It speaks of turbulence or commotion. It's meant to bring to mind the roaring wind of a storm. And so that kind of gives us a really good metaphor for a loud woman. She's like a storm. She's full of unruly energy. She yields only to her own purposes. Right? You can't make a storm do what you want. Right? And that's what a lot of guys are out there. They're just trying to like make this stormy relationship work. But the woman's off doing her own thing. And the, this definition of a loud woman comes further into focus when we consider how loud and stubborn is played against her feet do not stay at home. This woman has a husband. She's supposed to be submitted to his mission. It's his home. She should be caught up in the work of building. However, she's off doing her own thing. She refuses to be chained down to the home of one man. Matthew Henry. And again, I want to recommend him. There's not a sermon I've preached where I didn't see what Matthew Henry had to say on that portion of Scripture. Matthew Henry puts it well. By her place, not her own home, she hates the confinement and employment of that. Her feet abide not there any longer than needs must. She's all for gadding abroad, changing place and company. Now, is she without in the country, under pretense of taking the air? Now in the streets of the city, under pretense of seeing how the market goes, she is here and there and everywhere, but where she should be. She lies and wait at every corner to pick up such as she can make a prey of. Virtue is a penance to those to whom home is a prison. Powerful stuff. And when have you, I haven't heard a sermon talk about women in that way my whole life. But the loud woman, she hates the home because the home represents submission to a will besides her own. Therefore, she prowls for a fool who will help her achieve her ends. And the world is full of them. Commenting on Proverbs 7 and 10, the verse just prior to what we're looking at, in their excellent Old Testament commentary. And I'm going to get the name wrong. It's Keel and Dillich, I think. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm not sure. Listener, let me know explains the motive of of a loud, brazen woman. They say she is of a hidden mind, of a concealed nature, for she feigns fidelity to her husband and flatters her paramours as her only beloved. Her par- yeah. While in truth, she loves none, and each of them is to her only a means to an end, to the indulgence of her worldly sensual desires. So she's using men as a means to an end. And guys hate this, right? This is the whole gold digger. But it's not women just looking for money. Wicked women want money, but they also want adventure. They want flattery. There's all sorts of different motives caught up in there. But the main thing is that she's using the men. She's a man-eater, right? She's consuming him like a wolf consumes uh, a lamb. So the loud woman swings from man to man like a monkey. Uh, swings from branch to branch. She often has one hand on this branch before she grabs, as she grabs the next. And so she's always got like one or two guys in her life that she's working. And so this used to be always kind of in the the physical, like the actual realm. But nowadays, you know, a woman's clinging to these guys online. You'll see these guys like liking and praising her on Instagram and on 
on Facebook or whatever, and these guys kind of orbit around her, thinking if they praise her and flatter her enough that they'll be able to win her, these sort of nice guys. And she uses these guys, right? They're useful in so much they allow her to fulfill her desires, whatever they may be. Sheryl Sandberg, you know, she big Facebook exec, she's a great example of a loud woman. In her book, uh, Lean In, she writes, when looking for a life partner, my advice to women is to date all of them. The bad boys, the cool boys, the commitment-phobic boys, the crazy boys. But do not marry them. The thing that makes the bad boys sexy, do not make them good husbands. When it comes time to settle down, find someone who wants an equal partner. Someone who thinks women should be smart, opinionated, ambitious. Someone who values fairness and expects, or even better, wants to do his share in the home. These men exist, and trust me, over time, nothing is sexier. <laughs> so what makes a good husband, according to Sandberg? It's a man who doesn't get in the way of his wife's ambitions. This is why the commanding alpha males of her youth won't do. They'll buck against her demands and manipulations. Sandberg, like all loud women, eventually set her, settle on a compliant beta who knows who's in charge. This, of course, is an inversion of the biblical pattern. Manhood is ultimately about a man building God's house by building his own. This work can't be fulfilled alone. It requires a woman. Hence, God brought Eve to Adam as a helper. She is a necessary complement to the mission of the man. But she isn't the mission. The loud woman will not submit herself to such a situation. In time, she will look for a way out. And in doing so, tear down down the house, her house, with her own hands. That's Proverbs 14.1. This is why the queen, the queen mother in Proverbs, warned her son to not give his strength to promiscuous women. These women destroy kings. Look at Proverbs 31.3. We always think of the Proverbs 31 woman, but it's actually the Proverbs 31 women. There's the type to avoid and the type to pursue. He is to instead look for a woman who will multiply the works of his hands. Look at verses 10 through 31 in Proverbs 31. Uh, this woman possesses a beauty that never fades. Verse 30, Peter calls it an imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. First Peter 3, 4. So how do you spot a loud woman? Sometimes it's a no-brainer. She's brazen, brash, and unruly. There's no hiding such things. But sometimes it's much more subtle. She has learned to make the pretense of being demure, to fit into her Christian surroundings. So here's three helpful questions to ask. This is just to get you going. This isn't the only way. Does she respect her father? Does she desire independence? Does she respond to leadership? And I honestly think the last question is the most important one. I've seen career-driven women with terrible fathers, drawn into the orbit of powerful male leaders. These women toss aside the emptiness of building the house of some faceless corporation to build the house of a man they love. So that's the big question is whether she will respond to your leadership. And there are very simple ways to assess this as relation, uh, the relationship progresses. Early on in the dating phase, I recommend the guys at least occasionally contradict her requests. For example, let's say she wants to go to a particular burger joint. Don't. Just don't go. Suggest somewhere else. Don't be a jerk about it. Just say, well, if you think that's a good burger, you're going to love this place. Trust me. 
And this, of course, assumes that you really do know that this is a better place to go eat. And it's a simple way to see what happens when two wills conflict, when they collide. Does she, like a, like a man, uh, take the lead? Or does she have to have, a, or does she follow you, right? And if not, does she have to have her way even in small things? And as the relationship progresses, make it clear that you expect that she will join your church and move to your city. This is huge. She is to come into your gravity well, not vice versa. She also has to be willing to take your name. She's submitting herself to the work of building your household. She's not an object, but she is yours by marriage in the same way the church is Jesus's. A wife who will not take her husband's name is as much as an oxymoron as a believer who will not call themselves a Christian. Now, there are a ton of other ways to test responsiveness. You probably have some that are better than what I briefly listed here. The main thing is to test a woman's willingness to follow before making any commitment. A home can have only one leader, and you must be that leader. If she is willing to happily follow, you should probably snatch her up, man. Grab her up quick. Because a quiet and submissive woman is worth far more than jewels. And remember, Proverbs 11.22, As a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a beautiful woman who lacks discretion. Pretty women with bad attitudes are water slides that go down to the chambers of death. Avoid loud women. Until next time, be on alert. Stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, and let all that you do be done in love. 